Hello, everyone, and welcome to your sister's table. I'm your sister, Gabrielle Jackson, and we're just exiting the month of February, the month of love, and the month of black history, and entering into March, which is Women's History Month. So I thought it would be a really nice time to explore what being a single black woman means to me. So pull up a chair and join me at my table. Being a black woman, to me, is so beautiful. It's the first most obvious thing about me. It's a matter of pride, a matter of heritage. I mean, someone somewhere in my lineage had to survive in the belly of a slave ship and survive the horrific realities of captivity and forced labor to let my grandma survive Jim Crow, to let my mom be someone who desegregated her elementary school, to let me grow up and be whatever I choose to be in this world, including the host of this podcast, natural hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> it's strength. It's bravery. It's softness. It's culture. It's texture. It's multifaceted. It's what makes me myself, scars and all. It's everything. Women have the power to be whatever we want in this world. And we are moving into this unique time where we have the agency to do this with or without a man. In an episode of the podcast Therapy for Black Girls, hosted by Dr. Joy Harden-Broadford, which if you haven't listened to this yet, please get into it. I love that podcast so much. Um, but Dr. Joy discusses what it looks like to reimagine single life with Dr. Jessica D. Mormon. At one point during the episode, Dr. Mormon describes respectability politics and their roots in the cult of pure womanhood and specifically in regards to black women. So she notes that a lot of these societal standards were set up to help recently freed slaves migrating into Northern society assimilate themselves and begin their new lives comfortably. And a lot of these standards police women's behavior, specifically their style of dress and even acceptable context of procreation. The damaging effects of these beliefs can be felt on so many levels within the black community, especially in regards to the single black woman. Around the time these social standards are being enforced, I mean, obviously women aren't viewed as very powerful in society. And Dr. Mormon mentions that sexuality, childbearing, and the public-facing persona of women were all legitimized through marriage. Today, some of those same ideas of legitimacy carry over into thinking about unpartnered people. Dr. Mormon said something so powerful. I'll paraphrase it here. She said that single people are not thought of as able to care for members of their communities because they have not been legitimized as experts through marriage. And just, wow. I think this is so specific. I am already a legitimate human, whole and complete, simply because God commanded my existence. And yours too, by the way. As we grow and improve, we learn things. We become things. The one thing we can never be without is legitimacy. We don't need the validation of socially accepted ceremony to reinforce that legitimacy. If you haven't already gathered from the title of this episode and from my passionate rhetoric, <laughs> I am single and live in my best life, okay? <laughs> and here are some things you gotta know. I am intentionally single. I made the choice to stay uncoupled in November of 2019, so I'm still pretty early in my journey with all this. And I don't really have an end date because I feel like when the time is right to open myself up to the concept of partnership again, I'll just kind of know. Um, I made the choice after being <laughs> dumped over the phone 
in the parking lot of a DMV after nearly a year of being in a relationship with a man I thought I would marry. Um, this really painful and like slightly embarrassing heartbreak was so important to my growth. Caused me to realize I was hopping from similar relationship to similar relationship, feeling unfulfilled and disappointed at the results. I mean, obviously this soul searching happened after I uh, talked my best friend down from letting a ferret loose in his non-existent car, but I mean, you know, growth is real. <laughs> um, I think the most important thing to note about my dating life is that I didn't realize fulfillment and happiness come from within until I started seeking therapy during my DMV dumper relationship. Um, initially, I went as an alternative to couples communication classes. And honestly, it's like the best thing that ever happened to me. And one on a laundry list of reasons that I do not regret this relationship. Therapy, which if you haven't been to therapy, go to therapy. <laughs> it's not just for the bougie people. It's for everybody, okay? Um, but therapy led me to the realization that if you're seeking other people to fill you up, you are starting everything you do from a place of lack and placing unfair demands on your partner and on your connection. The last guy opened me up to the idea of marriage and permanent partnership. And after we broke up, I decided that in my next relationship, regardless of whether or not that person was a permanent partner, I wanted to start from a place of wholeness and fulfillment and share that with my person. So I started reflecting inward. I started thinking about what makes me feel fulfilled, about what makes me joyful. And this was something that I had never really thought about, like, ever, right? I mean, as a daughter, I thought a lot about what would make my mom feel pleased with me. And I kind of started shifting my behavior to reflect those answers and sometimes directly conflict those answers, okay? Because I have a very hard head <laughs> and a penchant for butting it right up against authority. <laughs> but I also realized later that I was unconsciously thinking a lot about behavior that would have made my dad stick around. And I played out those answers that I found within, you know, that line of thinking through my romantic relationships. I started collecting wounded birds and badly raised men. I was like that girl from the tiger shark meme. You know, the one where she's like petting all the sharks in that like blue, blue water. Everything looks cool, but she's legit petting sharks out here. But I thought these sharks were diamonds in the rough. Um... And I came into their lives and filled a need to show them my worth and my value. And I did it so well that usually it made them want to keep me around, right? Because if you need me, you can't leave me. But after meeting their needs endlessly and not really having mine met in tangible ways that felt meaningful to me, I was usually left feeling super empty and scattered and very, very close to crazy. <laughs> And the ways I reached out to them to fill those needs were often really unhealthy for me and just led to more disappointment and eventually spelled doom and big skywriting, okay? <laughs> I say all this to say that I was not acting very successfully throughout my relationships. And I decided to just stall myself out of the whole thing. Dating, meeting, talking at sticky floor bars, everything. <laughs> and just find out more about me, right? And I mean, so far, the results have created a space where I am happier than I have ever been in my entire life. Like ever. I feel autonomous. I've discovered Trader Joe's strawberry yogurt and dried mango and reruns of living single. 
Even as I was writing the show notes for this podcast, I was booking myself a restorative yoga class and enjoying my own company. And I really enjoy my own company, okay? The first thing that I ever did by myself was take myself out on a date to do something that no man I had ever been out with would ever agree to do. (laughs) I went to go see Shakespeare in Griffith Park. I bought myself a basket dinner, complete with Hawaiian rolls, which obviously are the best part of any celebratory feast, okay? And I laid out my little chenille car blanket that I ruined in the dryer, and I put on my yellow T-Rex crop top and fought the meat bees for my chicken until dark. (laughs) Um, It was wild, man. I had to go back and see that play a second time because I heard, like, little to nothing that was being said on stage. Partly because I had, like, a terrible seat that... You could hear next to nothing in general, Uh, but mostly because I was just like freaking obsessed with myself, right? Who is this girl in the yellow T-Rex top living her best Shakespeare life, okay? It was me. It was totally me. And this really nice stranger lady offered me a glass of her wine that night and said, I just had to tell you, I think you are the coolest. You're just here alone eating your dinner, watching Shakespeare. So brave. That comment caught me super off guard. I didn't feel brave, but I did feel like a badass, though. (laughs) But thinking about it now, I do remember being a little bit scared to go out by myself. I was just kind of nervous to be the sad lady who had just been dumped over the phone in the parking lot of a DMV. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I reminded myself that the only people who knew that were me and the people who I trusted with that information. And to everyone else... I was either non-existent, because no one is as obsessed with me as I am, (laughs) or I was a lady sitting by herself at a play, wearing a very loud T-Rex crop top, swatting at meat bees. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with either of those things, right? So now I go everywhere alone. Go to the movies, I go to restaurants. Recently, I went to Disneyland alone on Valentine's Day. I was catching one of my best friends making his debut in a classic show at the park. Legally speaking, I can't say more than that. Uh, (laughs) As I walked around, there was love everywhere. Like, dead serious, everywhere. From the heart-shaped frames and the doors of the Emporium, to the couples on the streets holding hands, loudly smacking their lips together. (laughs) I noticed something about myself that was super different than it had been in the past on Valentine's Day in a place like this, though. I wasn't bitter or jealous, nor did I feel that little achy twinge like I was missing out on something by not being booed up. In fact, that achy twinge was replaced for me this year by the warm glow of contentment. (laughs) All around me, my heart was being opened up to reminders of love I had found in the past. The times that I was the couple loudly smacking lips in line for an ice cream or in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle. The difference for me, though, was that this year, that was not the only love that was brought to mind for me. Since I made the choice to become intentionally single, I have also enjoyed a deepening of platonic and familial relationships. I talked to my mom, my nana, my aunts, my sisters, more than I've ever talked to them in my whole life. And I feel like all of us are really establishing a mutual, respectful connection together. My friends have said that I've become more deeply connected and intentional in our relationships. 
all because I have the time and energy required to make these beautiful and meaningful connections. I'm learning how to really pour into these people in a real way, how to show up for my friends, how to be available to them. I'm able to love them and myself more deeply because I'm not pouring everything I have into a single cup. I'm not pouring from an empty well. I'm letting myself get filled up and letting the rest of who I am spill over from there. Which is really nice because at the end of the day, I feel like myself. I don't feel like I have to unzip my human suit when I come home and let the demon out. But that could also be because I stopped working in customer service. But I'm going to go on message here and say that it's self-love, though. I truly believe I have the power to love the whole entire world. And through that love, forge a chain of healing and kindness that cannot be broken. For so long, though, I've been working locally instead of globally, as my Zsa would say. Pouring every ounce of energy and emotion into every incredible but unavailable or wounded or broken or fearful man that my empathetic heart has come across. But what I didn't take into account is how all this local contract work was wearing me out, y'all. It was tricking me into using my magic for things that ultimately would lead to my destruction. But I was happy to do it, though, because I was happy to have a contract, just happy to be hired, you know, so pleased not to be alone. I think we have this belief in this society that single means sad. I was walking to grab food with my sister the other day after a really fun outing, which we decided upon in a very grown up conversation. I love her. I want to shout her out. (laughs) And she said to me that she had heard about Or like seeing a lady who was out alone on Valentine's Day. Or maybe like she had asked me what my plans were. And I told her I went to dinner and she asked if I went by myself. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what she said. But it was definitely something about a lady being alone on Valentine's Day, right? Um, But what I do remember vividly is her kind of sheepishly asking, Isn't that kind of sad? I immediately, but gently, shut this down. No, I said, maybe that's not sad. I take myself out on dates all the time. And this shocked her. You do? She's looking up at me. Her eyes are all big and wide. (laughs) Yes, I do. She later comes home, reports this to her mom, as she does with all big news, because to her, this was big news, right? Which I thought was kind of funny. It was big news that Sissy G treats herself to food she enjoys or treats herself to a movie she was interested in anytime she wants. No man required. I'm grateful to be in a position because of the many capable hands I am supported by to be able to do things like this for myself. And as my life has begun to change, I've been really fortunate to be able to ask myself questions like, what would I like to do today? But I think the fact that this was big news to my little sister, who's 11, by the way, is a serious hallmark of the way our society views singleness. As a single woman, even I've questioned my own partnerless abilities. Would I be able to move this new, lovely, king-size mattress from the home of my friend who gifted it to me? I think in the almost 10 months I've been single, this was the first time I ever genuinely missed having a boyfriend when I thought I couldn't do something without the strength of a man in my life. 
My girlfriend's husband had hurt his back and couldn't help us move the mattress out of their house. But you know what? I called another girlfriend and her, my friend who was giving me the bed and me, moved that mattress. <laughs> and I sleep like a king every night. Amen and hallelujah. Okay? Community is all around us. Love is all around us. Partners in life are all around us. When we're not tied down to the responsibilities of a romantic partnership, we can have a lot of time to go inward and reflect on what we want and who we are. We can find new ways to better ourselves and become the person we want to be. This isn't to say that partnership isn't valuable and beautiful. I mean, so many of my friends are refined and wonderful women in equally yoked partnerships where their voices are heard and they are respected. Personally, I've had a couple of relationships I've come to see as really successful. Not because they've ended with me walking down the aisle to Michael B. Jordan or anything, but because I've gained so much and learned so many new things. Even if it is what I don't want to subject myself to ever, ever, ever again, or what I will and won't stand for, or even where the best Thai restaurant in town is. Dr. Mormon said something about defining singleness through lack or through the framework of abundance. And honestly, that's how I'm choosing to use this time in life. Singleness for me is not a condition to be remedied by a man. Singleness is a time for me to explore the fruitful expression of who I am as a person, as a friend, as a daughter, a sister, an aunt, an actress, a business owner, a podcast host, a teacher, or any of the other dynamic and multi-hyphenate avenues of self-expression I've been so blessed to be able to explore in this life. I am multifaceted. And a friend told me on her couch the other day, I am cool as shit. And sometimes, when I think about all the beautiful things I am, all the wonderful things I'm growing into, and all the powerful things I have the potential to be, I think I'm cool as shit too. I would not have come to this conclusion had I not stepped back and decided to take some time to define my worth and my value for myself outside of the lens of society's view of singleness and relationships. In closing, I'd like to share a poem with you entitled, My Existence is Valid Because God Himself Commanded It. God went out and made the earth, from seas to forests and woods. He looked out into the universe and he said, yes, this is good. Then he gave it some thought, turned right around and surveyed all his treasures. Then he made you and he made me too. And he said, yes, that's better. Family, we are born valid. And simply grow and grow and grow into our power by living our truth. Are there any new and exciting ways that you're growing into your power and living your truth? Tell me all about it using the hashtag YourSistersTable. For now, I am your sister, Gabrielle Jackson, and I thank you for joining me at my table. I'm so glad you pulled up a chair. Till next time.